Hillbilly Horror Stories presents Eerie Encounters. Hey guys, I get stories on a rare occasion that are too short to really use on an episode of Eerie Encounters. So what I do is I store all of them up and then I play all of them at one time on the same episode. So as I've done in the past, there won't be a little in-between intro music on every one of these. I know that'd be kind of annoying. So what we'll do is we'll do a cluster of stories. Then I'll throw some transition music in there, but I will save you from hearing that transition music a thousand times. My best friend's parents were out of town one weekend and she had the house all to herself. She went about her business, having dinner, watching TV, and then decided to go to bed. She was lying in her bed with her back to her closet when she heard the door open. She somehow pretended to be asleep. The man who was hiding in her closet slowly walked around the bed to the side where she was facing, gently stroked her hair and face, and then left. She immediately called her boyfriend to ask him to come over, then called her parents and then the police. Long story short, this man had been getting into their home via a doggy door. They didn't have a dog and they didn't bother to secure it. And he'd been living in a tent in the forestry area behind their home for months to creep on her. They found a ton of surveillance footage of her sleeping and pieces of her clothes and stuff. This happened in Alabama in the mid-2000s. This story was sent from Shayla in Alabama. A guy I was good friends with had a party one night and called me to invite me over. It was me and my wife's first day off together in quite a while and our daughter was only two years old. I mentioned it to my wife and my daughter said, No, don't go, Daddy. And of course, I can't resist that, so I stayed home and we all had a good night. My friend, however, had the worst night of his life. His party was going good and everything was fine, even though there was a friend of a friend there who no one really knew. It turns out the stranger had been smoking PCP and decided to start killing people. He took a butcher knife and slashed three people's throats. My friend's wife threw their kids out of a two-story window and jumped out herself, took them to the woods and called the police. All three people died. The police found the guy walking down the side of the road covered in blood and incoherent. He had no idea what he had just done. That story was sent anonymously. I want to tell you the story of who we will call H.G., she was the lone survivor of what would later be called the Wichita Massacre. She was a 25-year-old elementary school teacher at the time. She had gone to the triplex where her boyfriend, Jason Beefert, a science teacher, lived with his two roommates, Brad Haka, a chemist, and Aaron Sander, who was studying to become a priest. H.G. settled in front of the TV and began grading papers. That's when Heather Muller, a friend of Aaron Sander's, showed up. The five friends watched TV and eventually retired to their various bedrooms. H.G. was woken from her sleep shortly after by loud voices and the bedroom door being kicked open. The two perps eventually gathered all the persons in the residence and herded them into the bedroom and ordered them at gunpoint to strip. Many atrocities occurred as hours went by, but in the end, H.G., after being shot in the head in a frozen soccer field, ran naked for almost a mile 
to find a house with Christmas lights. It was mid-December to beg for assistance. That story came from Lawrence in Wichita, Kansas. I remember reading ages ago. <clears throat> I remember reading ages ago about a guy who was in the military. He got back home after a tour of duty to find that his wife and two kids were dead. They lived in a remote location. Turned out that the mom had a sudden heart attack or stroke or something, and the two little kids had died of starvation or dehydration as they were too young to care for themselves. Not exactly a ghost story, but as a parent, that scares the living hell out of me. That was from Barry Riley. I'm an eye doctor, and I had a patient come to me with an infected eyelid that two other eye doctors tried to treat and failed. They were dumping all sorts of medicine into it, and it wasn't getting any better. At this point, it was swollen and painful for weeks with no improvement, despite being on tons of meds. Apparently, neither of them thought to flip the lid upside down, you know, that gross trick that some kids can do with their upper eyelids. It was a painful maneuver for her, very swollen eyelid, which might explain it. Anyhow, there appeared to be what looked like a visible abscess inside the tissue with thick, gooey material. I thought I'd give it a nudge and saw it move. This wasn't an abscess. It was something else. I managed to remove it quite easily in one whole piece. It was a fly larva. The patient told me that she had a bug hit her in the eye a few days before she got this quote-unquote infection. I removed the larva and within two days the wound closed and she was 100% recovered on basic antibiotic eye drops. Yes, I do have the photos from this case for those interested. That story was sent anonymously. I don't know if you've ever heard the story about Raina Merrokin, so I thought I would share it with you. She was a young lady who had an affair with her boss in the 1960s and got pregnant. After threatening to tell her boss's wife, she was killed by her boss, who then put her body in an industrial barrel. He hid the barrel in his house for years, and none of the various owners ever opened it due to the weight. Finally, one guy decided to dispose of it in the 1990s, when he opened it and he saw it contained something. Investigation traced the barrel and the girl back to the man who then killed himself before police could come arrest him after confirming he was the father of the unborn baby via DNA. The lady's mother was in her late 80s when she was told her missing daughter was finally found. She claims that she had been having dreams about her daughter being inside a metal container for years after she had gone missing. That story is from Don Amber. When I was younger, me and my twin brother would help our friend do his paper route. One summer, we could smell something gross coming from one of the houses. We all didn't think anything of it until about three days later when the smell was reaching down the driveway. 
We went to the back door where he normally dropped the paper and noticed it was open. We went in and looked around the house and we found the owner dead. He had died of a heart attack and his cats were eating him. That story came from Darth Trafford. My maternal grandfather, in the days before there was hot water on tap, put a big pot on to boil before leaving for work for his wife and kids to bathe with. The pot boiled over it and extinguished the flame. When he returned, he found them dead of carbon monoxide poisoning. My mother was of his second marriage. That story was sent anonymously. I'm not sure what the entire story is here, but there was a body discovered somewhere in Siberia. His cause of death was freezing, but something was off. Turns out he had been attacked by a tiger. The tiger used his jaws and grabbed the guy by his backpack, picked him up over his head, and slammed him so hard that it snapped both of his femurs. Poor dude lived for about three days after the attack. A woman I worked with a few years ago told me how her life had changed drastically. She went from having a decent job to becoming an alcoholic and working as a cleaner. She had planned to move to Spain with her husband and young daughter and had a great job lined up over there. The plan was for her husband and daughter to fly over first. She would fly over a week or two later due to finishing her old job a little later than she had planned. Her husband rang her on the day that he arrived and said that the house was lovely and the furniture had arrived by ferry, etc. That was the last time that she ever heard from him. Her husband and daughter were found dead by authorities a few days after she had rang, explaining that she was concerned for their welfare, as she had had no contact with them and was extremely worried. It was carbon monoxide poisoning. It's so scary to think how fast your life can change. That story was sent by Chloe. There was a guy in my hometown. He used to stalk women at the furniture store. He would watch women pick out new chairs, and then he would just linger there and drop these strange comments like, that chair would look nice in my den. Then one night, he followed one of the women home. He sneaked into their living room and then waited for them to enter the room. He would then jump out and yell, I knew you took my chair and he'd scream and chase them. This happened over the course of five years. The local police never did anything about it because he was the sheriff's brother. Women couldn't even buy furniture by themselves. They had to start bringing chaperones. That story was sent anonymously. My name's Jenny and I live in Chicago. The story that inspired Candyman is pretty creepy. A woman in a Chicago apartment was murdered by some drug dealer who lived next door. How did he get into her apartment? Through a hole behind her bathroom cabinet. Pretty creepy. A story was sent from Jenny in Chicago. A few years ago, a dude dressed as a clown came to a camp that I went to. Apparently, he broke into the cabin that I was staying in and stole stuff from some people in the cabin. He took primarily cash and a phone that the kids had on them. 
I saw him there, but I was so young I didn't think much of it. Apparently, they couldn't find him because of the gloves he wore and the full body costume. All the kids had their stuff replaced, but the craziest part is that a few of us heard a scream that could not have come from a grown man that came from the road. That dude was weird, and it was terrifying as an 11-year-old. That story came from Smokey. This isn't a scary story, but it's spooky, and it always captured my imagination. One day, a bunch of, I think there were police in training, explored some of the catacombs under Paris. A lot of them are completely unmapped. They entered an area and heard dogs barking and snarling. They continued going, and they saw that there were speakers mounted on the wall playing pre-recorded dog sounds and cameras. They continued. They came into this large opening and found a cinema. It was lavishly decorated. It had projectors and a mix of old and new movies. It even had electricity running and three phone lines. The police marked where they were and they went back outside. The next day, they returned to try and investigate further with more experienced officers. Everything was gone. All the wiring had been ripped out. All the furniture was gone. All that remained was a note that said, Do not try to find us. As far as I know, they never figured out who it was. That story was also sent anonymous. You have been listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories Presents Eerie Encounters. If you have an eerie encounter that you would like read on the show, please send it to hillbillyhorrorstories at gmail.com.